This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. Man, family, I'm coming to y'all tonight with the title. Y'all see the title. It says that I'm better off dead. I had to throw in there that it's a clickbait. You know what I mean? It's not really a clickbait, but I needed to throw that on for this particular title so y'all wouldn't be thinking, oh, Brother Greg, suicidal or, you know, just just doing that. I try to maintain some integrity with this channel. You know, I don't I haven't made a cent off of here, really. So. Um, I try to keep it as honest as possible. But what am I talking about? I want to talk about struggles with sin and how to overcome them. I'm not in a great place right now spiritually. You know what I mean? I'm kind of in a, a backslidden state. And I, as I was kind of meditating on, you know, how I got to this point and what's going on with me and trying to diagnose my issues, you know what I mean? Dealing with slothfulness social media addiction, gluttony, lust, laziness, all of these type of different things, right? Just kind of like in a funk, right? And I'm trying to figure out wh what's the issue? What's why, why am I finding myself in cycles? Why am I finding myself not making use of the time? You know, why do I feel like, uh, why do I feel differently from how I know I can feel? You know what I mean? Wh what has gotten me in this space? And it hit me maybe yesterday into today that my issue is that I've been trying to live. Somewhere down the line, something or someone convinced me that I can walk this walk with the Lord and still live a little. And that trying to live a little, what it's done is this created this sort of balancing act that I have convinced myself I can manage but I really can't manage this thing at all. You know what I mean? I really I really don't have a handle. Uh, you know, sin and the devil, it'll let you handle it as much as it wants you to handle it until it overtakes you. And I'm looking for my Bible, so I'm going to have to use my phone because I want to go to James real quick. Chapter 1, you know, which, talk, which tells us about this process. James chapter 1, verses... Uh, one through uh, James chapter one, verse 13 through 15. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God or from God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. Okay, so we, we learned this. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But there's a conception that happens where lust is conceived. That means that it is, it is basically alive in you, right? Something has caused lust to be alive in you because conception doesn't necessarily mean that it's been birthed. But it does mean that it's alive. So when a sperm meets an egg, that means that that is now a living organism. That's a living thing that has happened. 
um, as a result of conception. So the Bible says that when lust have conceived, has conceived, it brings forth sin. And so the sin in this particular scripture, as it's explaining it, the sin is the birthing or the byproduct of the lust that has already been conceived. So a lot of times when we look at sin and what's going on with us when we sin, we're looking at these outer actions and we're looking at these outer things that we do. And yeah, we want to stop those, but it's not really always about the, the, for lack of a better word, manifestation of what that sin is, right? But what it really is about is what's going on on the internal. What's going on on the internal? So we have to take inventory, right, to say what, where has lust or 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 sin or whatever it is, where where and when has it conceived in me, and how do I abort it? How do I abort it? Right now, so the flesh naturally has its own lust because the Bible says that there's there's no really no good thing that dwells in the flesh. It also says that the flesh is wrestling against the spirit every day. So there's a constant battle, right, uh, between our flesh and our spirit, right, every day. And it's really up to us who's going to win. It's re we really are the determining factor. And what that's a determining determination is made by a series of decisions is made by where our heart lies is made by what our focus is it's made by how much we are producing uh the fruits of the spirit the love the joy you know what i mean uh the peace the long suffering the goodness the meekness the gentleness the temperance the faith all of these things are the fruits of the spirit, right? And they need to be conceived. But like D was telling me, the thing about a, a producing of fruit is that a production of fruit isn't always automatic. It's something that has to be cultivated. So the spirit of God can allow us to have temperance, which is self-control. It can allow us to, to have that. But temperance and that ability to have temperance is going to be birthed out of the practicing of disciplines, right? There has to be disciplines that are put in place. There has to be structure that's put in place in order for us to even function in a way that is temperate. And so what I had to learn about myself is I've been trying to be a manager. And this this is something that probably stems from pride and thinking that I can have control over certain situations. See, this is how the sifting process works. A sifting process is something that just kind of happens a bit steadily is gradual. Right. And so the trick is that, well, it depends on how the enemy deals with you. He might deal with us differently with me. In this case, he had been tricking me or my flesh or whoever has been tricking me in a sense of believing that I can manage. I can manage my spiritual walk and I can manage living a little. You know what I mean? I, oh, you can live a little. You you can watch that. You know, you can listen to that. Just just live a little. You know what I mean? Take it easy. Live a little. Da, 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 da. People even tell you, you know, take it easy. Da, da, da. And yes, we should rest. But 
there's a it's almost like a scale to resting in Christ, because when we rest in Christ, we should still be resting in the things of God. And depending on where our desires are, depending on where our love is, depending on where our focus is, we can interpret rest as this is my time. Oh, what this is my man cave. So I'm married to Christ, but now I want to go to my man cave and play PlayStation and and watch movies and whatever. And so it's the love for the Lord that's going to keep us anchored. So that even when I'm resting, I'm still resting in Christ and I'm resting in the things of the Lord because the things the Lord asked me to do are not grievous. They're not they're not a burden to me. And so what I realize is there is a trick of where I think I can manage two different things. And it's not so much that. You know, like it's just some some wild. I'm trying to balance something wild with something, uh, you know, sensible. But what it is, is uh, something semi wild can become something wild if it if it goes unchecked. And so these are the things that we have to understand. And so what I came to the realization of, you know, after all of these, uh, you know, strategies and all, you know, all this different type of schedules and stuff like all of this different type of stuff what i realized is that i was fighting and instead of fighting scripturally what we're supposed to do in order to live holy is we're supposed to die the scripture puts it this way i gotta bring it up i thought i had it up but i'm gonna paraphrase it while i look for it it effectively says whoever tries to save his life will lose his life but whoever loses his life for my sake in the Gospels shall find his life. And so somewhere down the line, I got comfortable with civilian life. I heard a brother say it that way. I think in the first place I might have heard it might have been Brother Jacob Van Dyke, Soul Survivor Ministries. Um, he called it civilian life. And what he said was a lot of Christians have been on the battlefield for the Lord. They've been, you know, fighting for the Lord and doing all of this, but they became weary and they effectively retired and they went back to civilian life. They said, oh man, you know what? I, I, I fought a good little fight, but now I want to live a little. I'm here if you want to talk. Sorry about that. Never mind. Okay. This Siri thing, uh, I, uh, crap, I triggered it again. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Okay, my bad. This S-I-R-I thing gets on my nerves because it's way too sensitive. But what I was about to say um, was civilian life. Civilian life. And so I've been, kind of, I've been, you know, I've been doing little things for the Lord. I'm always like intentional about doing things for the Lord, but much of my daily living has just been like civilian life, you know, just TV scrolling on social media, you know, whatever, all this type of lazy stuff, eating and all this type of stuff. And it's miserable. It It is flat out miserable. You know, it feels good for a season, 
but I realize I don't want civilian life. I don't want the life that I was living before Christ because that life was unfulfilling. It was empty. It was pointless. And I have to die to that. And I came to the conclusion that I'm better off dead. Why even try to like put up this big fight of this big balancing act, this big wrestling match that's going on between the flesh and the spirit? Just die so that I can walk by the spirit and so that I can live in Christ. The Bible says in him, I live and move and have my being. So we can't have a being outside of him because we can't exist in two places at the same time unless y'all know something i don't know right maybe y'all you know they got a lot of technology out here today you know what i mean so maybe y'all know something that i'm not hip to just yet but the fact of the matter is um myself and most of us are better off dead now if you can kind of balance it my hat's off to you but what i had to learn was what happens is when we get into a backslidden state, it can turn into a cycle because what it does is it kind of brings you into this mode of condemnation and then you feel separated from God. And then because of that, you don't do the things that are necessary in order to cultivate intimacy with God, in order to cultivate inspiration, right? So the, anything we get from the Lord any anytime we minister, anytime we do something for the Lord, it needs to be birthed out of inspiration. And so what happens is when you when you get into the backslidden state, you lose your inspiration and then you feel like you got to work your way back up to that inspiration in order to actually be functional and competent for the Lord. And what I had to realize is this time around, I said, you know what? Um. I'm actually what I'm actually going to do is I'm actually just going to do the things that I should have been doing in the first place. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to write my music. I'm going I'm to write my whatever projects I'm working on. I'm going I'm to get in my word. I'm going to pray because those are the things that are going to get us in the routine and get us back into spiritual shape. You know, I was talking to somebody. They were talking about that show. My, uh, 600 pound life and they were saying man how can people allow themselves to get that heavy to get that fat you know what i'm saying like how do they really allow themselves to get there what happens is they gain the weight they like they first of all they like it but then they gain the weight and then they become defeated they say you know what I'm, i've already reached this weight so I'm. this is just who I am. This is just what I am. They become defeated and then they go into it more. And then they go into it more. And before you know it, 600, 700 pounds. And so with any decision, we got to, any, any transgression, we got to make the choice. Am I going to run to the Lord or am I going to run from the Lord? Right. Adam and Eve ran from God. And then they covered themselves because of their shame before they were naked and unashamed. But then once they transgressed the Lord, they covered themselves with fig leaves. But what God would have been possibly receptive of is if they had run to God, 
because when they ran to God, well, they didn't run to God, but when God called him out, he said, Adam, where are you? And then when they had their conversation with God, the issue was that none of them took accountability. Oh, that woman you gave me. Oh, the serpent, he beguiled me. And so what accountability looks like is, man, uh, I'm out of shape. <laughs> I'm spiritually out of shape. I didn't gain X amount of pounds. Not quite. Well, maybe I'm sure how I got here. Maybe I don't know how I got here, but this is not where I want to be. And I'm going to run to God and I'm going to believe him for restoration. I'm going to believe him for revival. I'm going to believe him for getting me back to where I need and where I should be. The scripture says, confess your faults one to another that she may be healed. And so God's desire is healing for us. He doesn't want us to be uh, covered with fig leaves and avoiding him for our entire lives. What he wants from us is transparency. What he wants from us is a relationship. And what he wants from us is to put away the idols because all of those things, you know, uh, not giving the first fruits, uh, not giving the best fruits, putting things before God, all of that really just comes into idolatry. And that's really at the root of a lot of it is pride and idolatry. The scripture puts it this way. It says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And it says that stubbornness is as the sin of idolatry. So if I find myself stubborn, I got the Bible says, let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself. It says, man, OK, let me take inventory. Let me figure out what am I idolizing before the Lord? Why am I doing it? And how can I stop it? The only way to stop it is to kill it. And so the reason why we put these things before God is because uh, the soul, the soul always has an appetite. And I'm going to open up the lines real quick if anyone wants to call in. Uh, glory to the Lamb of God. Uh, 202-738-1686. If anyone wants to weigh in on this, we're discussing tonight how to overcome sin. Uh, we're discussing tonight um, what it looks like to bring restoration into your life, what it looks like to um, overcome, what it looks like to overcome. So I see a couple comments here. This is a good time to kind of check in with everybody. God bless everyone on the on the live stream tonight. Uh, Sister Vest, Sister Tatiana, God bless you. Sister Carol, praise the Lord. Uh, Carol says, very needed topic, Brother Greg. Praise God for you. Glory to God. Tatiana says, you can easily backslide by listening to a worldly song. Wow. And you know what's so amazing about that, sister? God bless you, sister B. You know what's so, Beatrice, you know what's so amazing about that is the scripture says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us. And this is where the trick comes in because we feel like, once again, we feel like we can be a manager. We feel like we can have stewardship over sin. Y'all have heard me say this, so I'm going to say it briefly. Uh, Apostle Bolden put it this way. He says, sin is like having a pet tiger. 
that you raise from birth. You raise it and you think you have control of it. And then one day you look up, it's bigger than you and it decides that it's hungry or that it did something that you didn't like. And all of a sudden it devours you. And so we can't have these little pet sands, these little pet hobbies, uh, these little pet um, vices and all of this type of stuff because we can't manage it. We we think we I mean, it seemed like you can manage it, but we can't manage it. And so when you said that about listening to the worldly song, it made me think about the stuff that's so easily it's so easily beset us. That means that it's not even a challenge for sin and weight weights to throw us off track. It's not even a challenge. It's designed to do that. That's like exactly what it was made to do. And this is why God doesn't tell us to manage. What he tells us to do is to die to the flesh. He says that we got to take up our cross and die daily. And what doesn't sound good about that is you read it and you say, man, I got to wake up every day. I'm in a fight. Every day I have to make a conscious decision that I'm going to choose Christ. Every day I have to put up a fight between the flesh and the spirit. And every day I have to die. I have to die. And what I realize is I have to fall in love with suffering. The Bible says that he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. What does that mean? In order for us to cease from sin, we're going to suffer because there's going to be things that the flesh wants to do. And we're going to have to tell the flesh no. And when we tell it no, it's going to feel like suffering. It's going to feel like dying. I don't know if anybody's ever um, done like an extended fast or maybe just any fast, right? And you kind of uh, say, I know this has happened a few times when I've done like juice fast and uh, extended fast. You know, when you first start it, your body has these cravings and you'll be going throughout your day. And usually this is when your body will be signaling to your mind, hey, it's time to eat. And then when you're doing the fast, you got to remember like, I'm not eating now. And then it's like this very small death. You know, it well, it depends. Like when it first starts, it's a little bit larger of a death. <laughs> but then, you know, the more you do it, though, the more that it just is less of an impact. And eventually it will actually go away. It'll actually go away. You know, uh, the last long fast I did by the grace of God, this wasn't really a spiritual fast. But it was a I think at the beginning of this year, I did a 30 or 40 day juice fast. I think I'd be doing fast. I'd be forgetting, <laughs> you know, but um, after a while, when I had just come to the resolution that I'm not eating, I'm not die uh, that I'm not eating. I'm dying to food. I'm only drinking juice. For the most part, it was smooth sailing. You know, I had a little rough patch there where I was getting a little bit hangry and my body wasn't even physically hungry. 
It was just like the concept of eating is what I wanted. But once I got through that little rough patch, it was kind of it was kind of easy, to be honest with you. Like it, it was mentally challenging, but physically I wasn't even getting the signals like that. I wasn't even getting the cravings. And that's because I had made up in my mind that I'm just going to die. In other words, it's not even an option for me. It's not even an option for me. And so whatever it is that we may in seasons find ourselves, find something that's competing with the Lord, we got to make up in our minds, it's not even an option for me. You know, the fact that it is an option is what is, is what allows it to stay in the picture. But when you say, man, it's not even an option. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Just God doesn't call us to sub, to 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 uh, once again manage. He calls us to cut it off and to pluck it out. Because he's saying, listen, it's still going to do what it wants to do. The eye is going to wander. The hand is going to do what it wants to cut it off. And once we cut it off, that's when we can have the victory. That's when we and so what I got to what I got to fall back in love with is just being dead, just being dead. There was a time where I was dead and I loved it. <laughs> I was a dead man walking. It just I mean, just dead to almost everything around me, worldly wise considered. And of course, I shouldn't have to say this, but that's what I'm talking about. Being dead to the things of the world. What is the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Right. If we die to these things, the, the, it has no choice for the spirit to reign. It has no choice. We control the victor in this battle. We're the sole deciders. It's like we're 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 a referee or we're a a, a judge. We're we're their moves. We're their fists, right? We control who wins this battle, and we can win. Why? Greater is He that is within me than He that is in the world. We can win. God wants us to win, right? He doesn't want us to lose. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to be fully functional. He wants us to be optimal. See, the thing about sin um, and the way God views sin, God it's, it's, I, God does find sin uh, detestable, but he doesn't tell us to sin simply because, uh, you know, he just doesn't like it. What it is is there's a consequence that comes from all sin. There's a consequence. Somehow, some way is going to bring forth death. It's just inevitable, right? And so when he convicts us of something, it's for our own benefit. It's for our own benefit. And God will give us an alternative. I got plenty of things to do. You know what I mean? It's like, like in my mind, another thing it will convince you of is like, oh, I'm bored. There's no I promise you there's no such thing as boredom. If you go outside your house, there's at least 100 people that need you right now as we speak. Each of us uniquely, especially 
if you have the words to eternal life. Peter says, Lord, where else are we going to go? Only you have the words to eternal life. Only Christ has the words to eternal life. And so we've got to be about the father's business. What the sin does is it because you feel like you're not right. It feels it disempowers you to talk to others because how can I preach victory to you if I don't feel like I have victory in this moment? And the fact of the matter is the the victory, the formula still works. What it really is, is our response to the formula. Do I believe what I'm reading? Do I believe what the word is telling me? Do I believe that I have power? The scripture says, as many as believed, he gave them power to become sons of God. So we need Holy Ghost power, but it's going to come from our belief. And so if we if we are able to live any any type of way, one of the diagnoses that we need to do is we need to figure out what am I not believing in this word? What do I need to renew my mind about because it's because like especially in my case because obviously i know the word so if i'm not abiding by the word now i have to okay something that i have head knowledge of i have not applied my belief to it and what's up with that what what or who has convinced me whether it be something outside or whether it be my carnal mind or my flesh what has convinced me of something that's contrary to the word. And so we got to die. And ironically, dying is how we fight. Because the more that I die to the flesh, the stronger I will become in the spirit. It, it, it almost has to make us go even harder. You know, it almost has to be like a like a. <laughs> It almost, my bad, I had a joke in my mind. I, I ain't say it out loud, so now I'm just laughing like an idiot. <laughs> but um, the image I had in my mind is like, imagine getting into a fight with somebody. You get into a fight with somebody and you hit them as hard as you can. And that person, instead of falling to the ground, instead of retreating, you hit them in the face and they just take it and then uh, and then encroach you even more. Imagine the response. Imagine the fear. Right. And so when we get hit in the face spiritually, we have to come back even stronger immediately because that's going to confuse the enemy. That's what's going to really shift the balance of power to say, you know what? I'm going to win this and I'm going to win it by dying. Had an old video that says, are you living to die or are you dying to live? We live by the spirit and crucify the flesh daily and we die to the flesh daily so that we can live by the spirit. And so it's a race. But, you know, what Paul said, he said, run this race with patience. And then Philippians says this as well. It says, he who has begun a good work in you 
will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So God, if, if you know the Lord already, he saved us for a reason. He saved us for a reason. He didn't save us, uh, you know, without, um, you know, he didn't save us ignorantly. God knows the end from the beginning. So if he chose us or if he called us, rather, he called us for a reason. But the Bible does say many are called and few are chosen. So we got to be intentional about who do I want to be? Do I want to be a civilian and live this stupid civilian life that doesn't have anything constructive about it that that is inconsistent and vain? Or do I want to be someone with purpose? Do I want to be a man of God? Do I want to be a woman of God? Do I want to be an ambassador for Christ? This is what we got to figure out. So what I've learned is that the response to a backslidden state is to just start going harder for the Lord. Because that's what you're going to have to do anyway. <laughs> you know, so you might as well dress for the job you want. You got to just start going harder. You got to. It's almost like. You know, it's almost like you just got to you got to meet it with even more zeal you you got to push through you got to push through but what's going to allow that spirit to push through even more is is just coming to the the mental conclusion that I'm worthless without apart from well apart from Christ I can do nothing no good thing dwells in the flesh I'm trash I'm a lost cause without Christ and I need him desperately if if we can that's really what it is. You got to almost walk around. You're not supposed to use this R word anymore that I was about to say. But you got to you got to you got to you got to almost conduct yourself as though you are just like <laughs> like trash. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to think of a better word than the word that came to mind. Um you got to walk around like you can't be trusted. Cursed is the man that puts his trust in flesh. No, wait. Puts his trust in man and makes flesh his arm or something like that. Let's see if we can find that scripture. But you got to basically walk around until you can get into a nice spiritual rhythm. You got to walk around as though without Christ, you are in grave danger. And so that's going to be my strategy. Uh, death. And it's going to be a winning strategy. So it says this, Jeremiah 17 and 5, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. So a lot of times we read the scripture to say, Oh, I'm trusting in some other man or some other woman and I'm making something my arm. But this could be talking about your own flesh you could be talking about your own trust in yourself your own trust in, in in your flesh the bible puts it this way trust in the lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths so i gotta resolve in myself my understanding is not 
<laughs> it's not suitable regardless of how smart or how you know pretty or how athletic whatever um it's not suitable it's not constructive and we need them desperately so i see a couple comments here glory to god god bless everybody tatiana says take every thought captive let the thoughts pass yes discipline yes glory to god Somebody said beets. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beet juice when I was juicing. Yeah. B says, as long as we are on this earth, we will battle with sin. I always remember the story of Joshua at the throne of God when he changes in when he changes his robes in front of Satan. God is good. Wow. Carol says, amen. Revelation 12 and 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. That's really what it is. What does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? We have to have a blessed hope of salvation. Right. We, we got to have hope that there's something waiting for me on the other side. There's something that is uh, worth this daily death that I'm doing, this decision. And that something is to know Christ, right, to know him and a pardon of his suffering, to just be able to know him, right? Is he worth it? He is. So that's that's got to be our mentality, B says, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him, he said, behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. Zechariah chapter three, verses three through four. Amen. I'm about to go back and reread that. I remember that now that you put it in there. I haven't read it in a while. But yeah, that's exactly what we need. The Bible says it this way. Put off the old man and the former things in a former conversation. That word conversation in King James means behavior. It says put away those things, right? Put away those things. And so he says put on the new man which has been renewed, right? You know, don't don't we want to put on something new anyway? You know, doesn't it feel good just to put on some new shoes, some new clothes, you know what I mean? Just just some something new, a new hat. There's something good about it. You know, taking the tag off and, you know, got that new clothes smell or you iron it or wash it, whatever you do to it, and then you put it on and it's new. It's new. It's a wonderful feeling. Glory to God. Sister Yvette says, left to myself. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's the other thing is, is isolation. I'm not sure if that's what you meant, but isolation. Isolation. Um, we have to be very intentional about fellowship because light exposes darkness. And there's certain things that can't dwell in the presence of God, there's certain things that um, 
that don't have any any dominion. You know, the Lord says no flesh shall glory in my presence. And so we've got to find our way to the presence of God. Got to find ourselves to the presence of God. Glory to God. B says amen to the winning strategy to have faith to walk on water and follow Christ. Absolutely. Tatiana says it's hard to watch unbelievers getting blessed in front of you when you are struggling. Man. Well, uh, I, I'll say something about that. All things gospel ATL. God bless you, brother. Good, good to see you on. Uh, brother Aaron, praise the Lord. Uh, check out his YouTube channel, All Things Gospel. If Brother Greg ain't teaching right, you can go over to uh, All Things Gospel ATL. They have very good teachings on there. Uh, but yeah, so Tatiana says, it's hard to watch unbelievers getting blessed in front of you when you are struggling. It is. It's a few things that we got to consider. Um, one, every blessing does not is not necessarily a blessing. Everything that looks like a blessing, let me say it this way, is not necessarily a blessing, right? And then two, we don't know what needed, what had to happen, or what that person needed to do in order to receive that blessing. So we got to be content with our integrity. We got to be content with God's way, God's timing. And guess what? There's going to be some things that we just simply don't understand. The scripture says that there is a peace that passes all understanding. So it's going to be certain things in life where uh, God is not going to grant us the serenity of understanding. But God is so good that what he will do is he will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. So now I don't have to worry about, you know what I'm saying, what, what that person is doing or, or why this thing happened to me and it didn't happen to them or, or what's going on or why am I? Because God can give me a peace that even when I don't understand, even when it doesn't make sense, I have peace because in the grand scheme of things, I think maybe I said this a couple of weeks ago, when we are craving understanding, when we when we want to understand and know and stuff like that, what we're really looking for is closure. We're really looking for peace because we want the closure so that we can have peace. You know, it's, it's like having a tab open, <laughs> you know, you want you want to have it resolved. You want to have it done away with so that I can I can close this chapter so that I can have some peace of mind to at least know. But God says there's some things that are above our pay grade and no, you can't know or at least you can't know right now. But guess what? I'm going to allow you to have a peace to the point where you say, you know what? I don't even need to know. I don't care what that person did. I know, look, they they done did this and did that. Good good for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good for them. My time will come around whenever my time comes around. But to whom much is given, much is required. And so if we see an unbeliever given something that they're not equipped to handle, especially if it's something that requires spiritual discipline and 
they're not connected enough to the spirit of God to even practice that discipline. Odds are they're not even going to be able to maintain what they have. How many people have we seen get rich quick and they crash out? PPP loans, these drug dealers that, you know, we see all these different type of people and they crash out because what they received, they weren't really ready for it. But the peace that we can have is that whenever God, oh, hallelujah, whenever God decides that he's going to give us something, he's made a decision in our in his mind that we're ready for it. That we have the tools, we have the infrastructure, we have the support group to be able to manage what it is that God is trying to bless us with. How do I know? Because the scripture says that the blessings of God maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. So the things that come from God are not going to come with sorrow. Won't have any sorrow, won't have any regret. We'll know it's from God. We'll have peace about it. And it's an amazing thing. But then the other thing we got to consider, too, is that God knows everything. And sometimes God knows the plan for the life of an unbeliever, or at least the plan that he has for an unbeliever to walk in. And so you look at somebody like me, um, you know, I won't say it's like a big blessing, but by the grace of God, I'm blessed with a decent, you know, a decent little government job. You know, I'm not a multimillionaire, nothing like that, but I have what I need and I haven't wanted for anything by the grace of God. But when I got when I when that's all started, I didn't believe in God at all. I mean, not at all. Um, but God used people who are also as of right now, as far as I know, unbelievers to open doors for me and then eventually when that timing was right God called me into his fold and now the things that I have acquired or the the the, the infrastructure that I've gained career-wise I'm now able to finance certain things that I, that can be used for the kingdom of God and so that's the sovereign mind of God that says in his sovereignty, he knows, like I, like I say, God is playing 4D chess, right? He's playing, he's playing a whole nother game that we're not even aware of. And we're just most of us pawns in this, right? And so he knows. So when we see an unbeliever get blessed, that can be a part of their testimony one day. They might gain that and then lose it and, and be like the uh, the prodigal son who we read about now because he had all of that stuff. And then one day he came to the end of himself and he just came to the conclusion. This is not who I want to be. This is not who I was made to be. This is not even in my heritage. This is not even what, what I'm this is. This is I've gotten so far away from what, where I should be, that I'm down here eating pig slop. He asked the question, I imagine he asked the question, how did I even get here? How did I get here? Glory to God. Um, and so I say all of that to say, that could be a part of that person's testimony. 
they could get it and lose it. They can get it and keep it and then find the Lord and maybe he might use them for something else. So God reigns on the just and the unjust. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I just say be happy for him. Don't even let it frustrate you. You know what I mean? Um, most of us on here, if I don't know nothing else about you, you got functional internet. <laughs> you know, I hope all y'all ate a meal today. If you ain't eat a meal, hit up Brother Greg. I'll give you a little meal money by the grace of God. Not no caviar, nothing like that. But I, but I say all that to say we have a lot to be grateful for. We have so many things for which we can thank God and bless God and praise God and worship God. And when we put the focus on him, when we really make a decision, you know what? I'm not even looking to the right nor to the left. I'm focused on the Lord. Why? Because promotion is not from the east or the west or the south anyway. Promotion is from the Lord. So if it's from him and I know it's from him, I need to be so focused on him that I don't even know what they got going on over there. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. This this is this is where where I gotta it's like I said, I gotta die to the flesh. You know what I mean? I, I do. I need to get back to the place where it's my obsession. I wanna I wanna long for his appearing. I can't long for the appearing of Christ if I'm in a backslidden state because my concern is if you come here when I'm in this state, I don't know what judgment day is going to look like. You know, brand new mercies every morning. God is rich in grace and mercy. Praise God. But why would I want to take that gamble? Why would I? Why, why, why do I want to stand before the Lord and say, oh, you know, Lord, um, I know you gave me this assignment that I was supposed to do, but I just wanted to goof off and, you know, eat and watch TV and scroll and be gluttonous and lustful and all this type of stuff. Why, why do I want to give an account for that when I can simply just do what he asked me to do? And so it's no point in, in, in trying to do a balancing act. And I think the quicker we realize that, and I'm saying we, I'm talking about myself. If y'all can relate, praise God, you know, more power to you. But the quicker I come, came to that conclusion that um, I'm not even equipped for this fight. I'm, I'm not equipped to, to be a manager. I'm not equipped for a balancing act. I'm not. I got to I got to just die. Just give it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give it up. Remove it. Delete it. Cut it off. Pluck it out. Whatever needs to be done, just give it up. Brother Aaron says, David said, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. OK, but then after expressing himself, he came to this conclusion. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. And that's Psalm 73 verses 17 through 18. In other words, God was saying that some of the people that received a blessing was actually set up for their destruction. The Bible says that it's very hard for a rich man 
to make it to heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. That doesn't mean that it's impossible for a rich man to make it to heaven, but he said it's very difficult. And the reason why is because most people can't handle material. A lot of people can't handle success. And why is that? It's because it's an idol. A lot of people can't handle money because it's an idol. It's an idol. So thank you, brother, for that scripture. B says, sometimes we need to not look right nor to the left to protect our heart. Psalm 91. The devil is in the details and distractions. Wow. Carol says, amen, brother. Greg, today's solid talk was like a beautiful Bible study. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Yeah, I'm glad that it blessed somebody. All glory to God. That's all I really wanted to kind of come on here and say, family. I just realized, man, look, I got to die. I got to wake up and be about the father's business. Be about his business. He has a business. <laughs> he has some stuff going on that he wants done in the earth. And he's choosing to use us to do it. He doesn't have to. He said that he can make the rocks cry out. If he wants praise, he said, I'm able to take these stones and make them children of Abraham if I really want to. So he doesn't need us. He chooses to use us. And we have to approach being used by God as a privilege. If God can take a rock and do whatever he wants to do with it, if he can take a donkey and get the donkey to, to speak, we ought to feel privileged that God has even given us the opportunity. Who art man that thou art mindful of thee? God is mindful of us. That's amazing. He doesn't have to be. Why, though? Because he loves us. He loves us. And he knows that we will have a more fulfilling life if we do it his way. It's more fruitful. It's not always the easiest way. It's not the quickest gratification of the soul always, you know, um, but it's the most rewarding. It's what can bring you joy. You can't get joy birthed out of the flesh. Joy is something that is going to be birthed out of spiritual things, godly things. And is worth the, the sacrifice is worth the time. Glory to God in the highest. So listen, family, God is just so good. Um, I know I've been a little inconsistent with the live stream. We're taking it easy this summer. I'm going to be honest with you. We're taking it a little easy. Um, by the grace of God, we have so much material on here. And I kind of told you all already where, which season I kind of been in. So that's that's been a little bit of a factor. But also just um, traveling and things like that. You know, last week I was in uh Virginia Beach so we didn't have uh you know things then and you know uh this Thursday I was visiting my goddaughter one of my friends from the world had his first child so I got to uh spend some time with the newborn baby and she's precious so um you know just taking it easy this summer but we're definitely going to have content that being said though Next Thursday and Saturday, we will not be having uh, Bible study or solid talk. 
if I can, I'm going to try to get some material out. But um, we'll be, I'll be uh, in Atlanta, actually. So, yeah, uh, Brother Aaron, I don't know if you're still on, but I'll be in Atlanta um, this upcoming weekend, you know, working on uh, some projects, you know, um, linking up with Brother Randy. So I'm looking forward to that. Usually a lot, I know sometimes I be inconspicuous. I try not to really uh, say where I'm going too much. And, and really it's just good practice in general. If you're going out of town, going on social media, just kind of tell them when you get back where you were. But don't tell them when you're going and, and this and that, especially if you live alone. Um, so typically I don't do that. But I, I'm, I'm operating under the assumption that I have very few viewership right now and the folks that are on are pretty solid. So God is good. Um, thank y'all for kind of listening in and chiming in. I'm optimistic. I feel better now. I feel better now. Pray my strength in the Lord. I'm going to pray y'all strength in the Lord. God is good. Listen, fam, that's all I have in this solid talk. Thank y'all for hanging out with me. You all take care and be blessed. It's a solid talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. I keep it solid. I'm dropping knowledge, wisdom, understanding, just like you done went to college. Devil know we working, his goal is to try to stop it. Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it. Controversial topics, just to keep it honest. Truth hit hard, just like it's a blunt object. Culture living godless, I can't even call it. We in the last days, Babylon is falling. Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Let's walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only a the Shelby say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I grow we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages the blood of jesus covers all my sin and it erases i pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect try and keep my sanity amongst calamity social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity pc culture on a mission and they try to cancel me but i know jesus gonna to keep me covered like a canopy blood give me animal
honesty No, I can't handle me Not where I wanna be But best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit Main event and slamboree So I need them every day to daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron So I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here But guaranteed the link in heaven The born again and righteous Are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints When they step in